my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I hope that you are having a wonderful, wonderful day wherever you are, however you are. I'm sending you so much love. We are in the holiday season. Well, I guess we've been in the holiday season, Um, but (laughs) we just had the first major holiday here stateside, and so um, I am so excited. Christmas music is everywhere. The movies are out, and your girl's full of joy. My birthday's next week. Shout out 38. I am feeling so happy and so blessed and so expansive, and I just love it. I love it. So, um, <laughs> last week, some of y'all saw, whoever follows me on Instagram, y'all saw, um, uh, a few years ago, well, I guess it's more than a few years ago now, dang, a few years ago when I turned 30, when I was still on Facebook, I'm not on Facebook anymore outside of my, um, business Black Girls Heal page. But when I still had my personal page on Facebook, I did, um, 30 lessons that I've learned in life leading up to 30. And it was such a cathartic, like, self-love experience and um it was really wonderful um and so i was like okay 38 38 feels like even more new beginnings for me and like just really excited and so it's like what is it that i'm learning right now what is the lesson that i'm really learning to embrace and it really is like self-love and beauty which i guess i've been i guess that's a lifelong thing i don't know why i said that as if it was something new but For this birthday, I was like, you know what? It's Sagittarius season. Every day of Sagittarius season, I'm going to say something I love about myself and learning how to like live out loud. I did one post and then the next day I was like, I'll do it later tonight. (laughs) And And then the next day I was like, I'll double up right after this show. And so... I did actually make a list of 29 things that I love about myself because it's 29 days in Sagittarius season, 29, 30, depending on how you count it. Um, But y'all archived that first post and (laughs) I guess I'll be doing that list and keeping that little list for me because what was I thinking? I'm going to post something every day. Have I met me? No. Um, So anyways, Happy holidays to you. If there are any holidays that you celebrate, if you do not celebrate any holidays, I do hope that you are being um, loved on and and celebrated, that you're enjoying some aspect of what this season brings. If this season is hard for you, there was an episode that I recorded that I didn't post because um, Spirit told me not to. But in that episode, I talked about um, grieving during the holidays and how it can be very heavy. Um 
you know, my mom passed away during the holidays and New Year's. Her birthday is around Christmas. And so, you know, there I I understand and I empathize with those of you where the holidays are hard for um for many reasons. And so I just want to send you extra love and compassion. Okay. So today's episode I'm very excited about. I'm gonna tell you all about it. Let's go ahead and get into what we're talking about today. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. So you've heard me share about my journey with vitamin D and how a deficiency was causing havoc in my life, causing depression that was not helped by therapy, emotional support skills, and other resources that I had access to because the source was organic and coming from inside my body. And it was only by healing my body with vitamin D supplements that I actually saw change. And I'm not alone with me being part of the 82% of black women in America who struggle with the vitamin D deficiency due to our melanin not being able to synthesize as much vitamin D from the sun. But Black Girl Vitamins is a proud black owned brand that develops vitamins to address the specific needs of black women like iron and vitamin D deficiency. Each purchase contributes to a scholarship fund that supports black women pursuing healthcare education. Plus they're vegan friendly and free free from harmful additives. Try Black Girl Vitamins to see improved health in areas such as energy, fertility, and pregnancy support, balancing your blood sugar, and more. Get 10% off your first order with the code HEAL10 at blackgirlvitamins.co. That's B-L-A-C-K-G-I-R-L-V-I-T-A-M-I-N-S dot co and use promo code HEAL10 to get $10 off. Take control of your health and level up your summer with Black Girl Vitamins. It's time to make this summer your healthiest one yet. Okay, so uh, today I'm going to be talking about things that I've learned from coaching women. I think I may change the title on this or this might actually be the title. We'll see what it comes out to when I go and upload it. But I am... As many of you know, this January, we will be launching our Healer Mastermind, which is going to be the group coaching program. Many of you have been messaging me saying that you want to learn from how I've built Black Girls Heal, how I operate as a healer, um, how I maintain boundaries, um, how I operate with clients, how I do all of that stuff um, for your own business, um, whether or not you are an entrepreneur, whether or not you do agency work, you have your own private practice. And this is across the board from people who are therapists, counselors, Reiki teachers, educators, fitness professionals, anyone whose mission is helping people be better and helping people expand and grow. Um, the Healer Mastermind is for you. And there are three uh, pillars that we'll be pulling from. We're going to be talking about building your beliefs building your business, and building your boundaries. I have spent a lot of time and energy in building this this business. This was um, a business that I did not expect. Oh, I, I didn't share that Walgreens story yet. Okay, I have to share the Walgreens story before the end of the year. Um, Sheena, share the Walgreens story, note to self. Um, but walking into Black Girls Hill was... It was a God-given thing, but also it wasn't something that I planned, which I'll have to tell um, on a later date. But 
what I was about to say is that I have spent a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of energy into all like these business building programs and things um, on how to build a platform. But what I've found, y'all, is strategy and all that isn't enough. And I'm telling y'all this for a reason. This episode is not going to be just for um, business professionals. Um, but it, even though the topic is going to be talking about something that some things that I've learned, it will be applicable to all. But one thing I've learned is that it doesn't matter what you do, whether or not you own your own business or not, is that if your beliefs about yourself and your beliefs about other people aren't right, it's not going to work. If the boundaries that you have for yourself or that you don't have for yourself are not in alignment, it's not going to work. Self-sabotage happens, self-doubt comes in, overworking comes into play, perfectionism comes into play. When you do not when you do not have balance in those areas of your life, it affects everything. And when I was talking to like some friends and some colleagues about this, about, you know, I want to be in response to people who are um, not only people who are looking to work together for their own personal issues, but people who have a heart, who have a mission, who want to expand and get better. And me just knowing that you need so much more than just this is what a sales funnel looks like and um, this is um, how I built my messaging. You know, like you need heart behind it. And also you need to know how do I take care of me while also having a family in the background? How do I build my personal relationships without losing myself, <clears throat> excuse me, without losing myself in my business? How do I build friendships? How do I deal with the ups and downs mentally and emotionally, the amount of times that I have wished that business coaches also doubled as therapists, because this stuff can be so triggering and having to compartmentalize it and keep pushing and keep going and just acting like things don't affect you uh, can be very draining. And so the Healer Mastermind is going to be built to help us put all of those things together. How do we work on our self-belief? How do we love ourselves? How do we feel ourselves? How are we working on our trauma, no matter what our what it is that we are called into this world to do, whether we are, again, spiritual teachers, pastors, whatever else, um, medical professionals, naturopaths, um, astrologists, I don't know, who, whatever your your thing is. How do I pour into myself and deal with these triggers and deal with what it is that I want to build. And then also, who are the people that I'm talking to? How do I build a platform and messaging and things that actually help them? What does it look like um, to build courses if that's what I want to do? What does it look like to build a practice if that's what I want to do? Um, and then the boundaries, right? So boundaries with myself. How do I make sure that I have ba balance within my own personal life? How do I make sure that I have boundaries um, outside of it? Before I t I'll say this part and then we'll get into some of the things that I le I've learned while um, building Black Girls Heal and coaching women. I remember that before I started Black Girls Heal, I had a full time job and I was still doing a lot of extra things on the side. And then when I started the process of walking into building my private practice, because I was a therapist for about 12 years before I transitioned fully into Black Girls Heal. And so I had a full private practice. I had wait lists. I had people working under me. I had I had a successful business um, that it ended up closing so that I could do Black Girls Heal. 
And in that business, I worked lots of hours as well. And I remember thinking that there was going to come a time when once I get over this next hurdle, I'll stop and I'll slow down. Once this project is over, I'll stop. Once I get to this position back when I was still working in different settings, then I'll be able to rest. And what I found is wherever you go, there you are. If you do not know how to take time for yourself and find balance, it doesn't matter what you're given. It doesn't matter how easy the setup is. It doesn't matter if this is what you've been praying for your whole life. You will find a way to recreate the ways that you hide from yourself, the ways that you don't make space for relationships, that you don't make space for self-care and self-love. Um, it doesn't matter how amazing to put into the terms that I talk about here all the time. It doesn't matter how amazing the potential partner or friend is in front of you. You're not going to be able to see it and receive it because Part of the beliefs beliefs and value system that you're bringing is that you can't trust people, um, that men are scary, that um, women just want to fuck around and that you can't trust them. Like whatever your trauma has been telling you, you will bring that into this next stage and season until you heal it. And so we have to look at all of these things so that whatever dream you're building towards, that you can actually enjoy it so that you can actually feel blessed and grounded and expanded and be operating in ease and not in struggle and not in hustle 24-7. Our bodies are not meant to go 24-7 all of the time, even when it's things that we love and enjoy, right? We need to have that, that sweet spot. So here's one of the first things that I've learned while teaching and coaching women over the last several years. I've coached I tried to do the numbers, um, and I know that there are different places that I may be missing, but um, I have coached uh, about 700 women at this point, uh, about almost 200 within my recovery school coaching programs and such. If I have those numbers right, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm missing something. I feel like I've said different numbers before, but that is, that is for coaching. And then also, you know, 12 years of therapy. <laughs> so however many people that is, I did not go into my records to see that. And one of the things that I have learned, this episode is going to be focused on the boundaries pillar. One thing that I have learned in, um, in coaching all these people um, over the years is you really need to make sure that you are doing your own healing work. And I know I just said that a few minutes ago <laughs> when I talked about um, wherever you go, there you are, but it is very true. So I think it is very important for you to constantly be in a process of growth and healing. I have cringed, and I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast. So if this steps on somebody's toes, I'm sorry that is a little provocative to you, but also I hope that it does plant a seed for you. I have always cringed whenever I would meet people who either told me that they were working with a therapist or that they were future healers and therapists. And when we were talking about what they do for their own healing process, they're like, oh, I'm not nothing. I'm good. I got it. 
And it's not that they are in a place where they are at a place of stability after they just got through working through some things. And so they're like in their own maintenance mode, but that they completely eliminate the need to go to outside people for support, advice, and wisdom. When you yourself are the outside advice, support, and wisdom for other people. That to me is very cringeworthy because oftentimes the people who I know and who I've seen have been doing this, they are doing it, they they feel called to heal because it's healing them. And I think that is a common factor for many people that are healers because of what we've gone through. We want to go and pour into other people. But when you do that, when that is your reason for doing it, what happens when your clients or clients do not take your advice? What happens when they are not able to change? When they are not ready to change? What happens when they drop out? Like, Do you start to take that personally? Is that about you or is it about them? If you take it personally, what is your reaction style? Do you start to try to overcompensate and give them more and more resources and more and more time and more and more things to try to help them help scaffold scaffold them to get them over that hump, not realizing that the reason they're not moving forward again has nothing to do with them not having access to support, but it's more about them. But it triggers something in you that you have to save them, you have to help them. Or do you get petty? Do you get mean? Do you get bitter? Do you start to say sideways things to them? Do you stop answering their emails as quickly? Do you... um um not give them as much energy as you give other clients? Do you start to play favorites, right? And did people used to do that to you? Is your trauma showing up and how you support or not support your clients? And this is for really anybody, right? When I talk about relationships or a mirror for who we are or yeah, a mirror um, for what we're working with and what we believe, we can absolutely look at how do I respond when I feel wronged by people when I feel misunderstood by people? And is this how I want to respond? Is this something that actually operates in my integrity and my values? Because for some of us, you can hear me say that and be like, yeah, that's exactly what they need and what they deserve. And if that operates within your integrity and values, then that is what works for you. For other people, it's like, yeah, I get really emotional about it and I wish I did it. And I hate, I don't like being that way. I don't like um, taking it personally. Maybe you never even thought about it until I just said it, right? So going back to what I was saying about not getting help and not going to other people to help you and stay present and stay grounded and do your own work when you're pouring into other people, um, that's scary to me. Because there are so many dynamics that happen, even if you're really balanced in that area, the impact of secondary trauma, you know, even, let's say you're a personal trainer. Let's say you're not even a therapist or a healer and or even a hairdresser it, or, you know, hairdressers, I feel like are healers. They heal our beauty. They, we sit in the chair. We talk with them. They give us wisdom. You know, like there's there's so many people who don't have the title of healers, but you are healing folks by your energy, by your relationship with them. Um, people who are supervisors and consultants. Basically, anybody who and what you do in your everyday life that people end up pouring their life and their and their beliefs and values into you, right? Financial advisors, y'all as well. The the way that money is so emotional, um, and how how 
there are so many dynamics that can be tied to it. And whether or not someone has a whole lot of money or a little bit of money, depending on what they think a lot of money or little money is, you hear all of their hopes and their dreams, their fears, their sadness, um, their optimism, their distrust. You see their, you see when they get triggered, you see when they get upset, you see when they get confused, like you see it all, right? You experiencing the emotions of other people affects you, whether or not you know it. If you're a teacher listening to the stories of your kids and not being able to do anything about what happens at home with them, that's triggering. Listening to what's going on with your coworker and the um, infidelity they are going through affects you. Listening to the cancer diagnosis of the person that's in your chair who you've been getting close to for years and they don't know what's going to happen and they're feeling sadness about it and you yearn to help them, that affects you. And I guess for anybody who talks to people at all, and if you're listening to this podcast, I I put money that you're an empathic person, even if you're someone who kind of has your walls up and you kind of have a stone, a stoic face with people, that you, that you care. Even if you don't, even if people don't get to see that side of you, that you care. And if you are not taking care of you while listening to all these stories and having these conversations and not realizing that what's happening with other people, if you don't have a way to shift that and 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 dump that someplace else so that you're not taking it in. You know, people used to ask me all the time. They don't ask me as much anymore. Um, newer people say this, but people would say, Sheena, like, I could never do that. I could never talk to people about their trauma, what they're going through all day, it would just tear me up inside. And yeah, if if I wasn't really taking care of myself and working on me and having other outlets and, and building a life around it and, re- and talking through whatever I do feel triggered or upset or if there's a client that I'm concerned about or having other people to take care of that client, if I feel like it's too overwhelming for me and be- if I didn't have access to that, of course, I would have burnt out years ago, years ago, right? And so what I learned about coaching women is that it's so important for me to take care of me so that I can take care of y'all. It's so important for me to constantly be in a place of openness, growth, self-examination, but also self-love. Sometimes we can be so addicted to the, the idea of betterment that we're constantly, constantly, constantly searching to like be better and be better and be better. And we we um, up level with all these self-help books and we do all this personal development stuff and we do all this stuff, which is always amazing. Do that. Book the conference trip. Go see your therapist. You know, go to the spiritual sound bath, like do all those things. But I want you to know that those things are accessories to the amazingness that you already are. You're not doing those things so that you can get to the place of worth and value. You're already worthy and valuable. And all those things are just helping you remind yourself how amazing you are. And strip away the things that maybe kind of get in the way if you're embracing it. But the you 10 years from now is not going to be any more valuable than the woman that you are today. She will have more wisdom and life experience, hopefully. She will be... um, uh, better able to snap back to her core self if she is triggered. Um, She will be able to be more uh, validating and own herself and own her emotions. She'll be able to fully embrace love and openness 
and and togetherness and connection with people. She'll be better able to receive. She will um, um, be able to not be triggered and she'll be able to give back to other people a little bit more, hopefully. But that woman is just as amazing and beautiful as you are today. And so the way I talk about it often on the podcast is I talk about how healing is really just helping us get back to our return to start. You know, all of us come into this world as these beautiful, innocent souls who are ready and excited and curious and and hopeful and open and, and joyful, right? That's how we come into this world. And depending on what life circumstances brought us, it will either enhance that or dampen it. And so what healing is, is it's just returning us back to where we started. It's stripping away all of the stories and all the lies and all the things that people have told us that is their stuff, not ours, so that we can fully embrace everything that we are shamelessly and wholeheartedly and, and fully in every area of our life, right? Other people's sins, other people's mistakes do not have to be the things that guide us and, um, and stop us from being everything that we are unless we allow it to be. And that is not a challenge for you to try to be strong and, and bulldoze through it. Um, it is about, it's me highlighting that so that you can look at, okay, instead of me trying to use willpower and, and, and grit and uh, I'm not, I don't fuck what other people think. It's only, it is only what I think. No, let's, let's do this a different way. Let's go and look at where are the places that we were hurt, where are the places that we were hurt, how that made us feel, what were the lies and things that we started to believe about ourselves. We're removing those and replacing those with the actual truth of who we are. Let's start there instead of trying to, you know, take a wrecking ball through everything and just crashing our whole building down um, by mistake. So doing my own self-work has helped me um, be able to be present and mindful. And if there is a time that I feel triggered or upset or disjointed or disconnected, um, that outside help helps me, but also it helps me know where to bring my folks next, right? So um, the things that I know now, ooh, how, how many years altogether have I been in this thing now? Let's, so 14 years, 14 years into this thing. Um, I know a lot more now and I am a lot more honed into my skills. I am wiser than I was before. I'm also a little more expanded and evolved in what I believe and what I think and how I teach. And I bring those concepts to my students now. I didn't have access to that five, six years ago, right? And so the more work that I do for myself, the higher I go, the higher I can bring other people as well. And so you doing your work is... a. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. 
Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. When healing from an intimacy disorder, one of the first things you have to do right after getting clear on your patterns of addictive behaviors, avoiding behaviors, and living in deprivation is clearing out the roots that caused it, clearing out the experiences, the traumas, the narratives that have kept you stuck all of these years. In my signature coaching program, The Recovery School, you have the opportunity to reveal the sources of low self-worth, to learn about how old roles in your family have resulted in codependency, shutting down, and not letting others in. And also to learn how to talk to and connect to your inner child in a way that is soothing and healing. This is the next step to reframing the old stories that have plagued you for years to evolve to being a healed and loved woman and having access to the love and the relationships and self-worth that you've always wanted. Learn more and get started by going to therecoveryschool.com. Again, that is therecoveryschool.com. Gift to all, and that's so important. So apply that to whatever position you're in. This may be like common sense for some. Some may call that continuing education, um, which is required by so many um, different professions across the board. But I really do believe that it's more than just checking that box. It's as you grow as a person, as you become a better person, you become a better leader, you become a better vessel, you become um, a better uh, role model, you become a better team worker in case you're someone who's like, I don't even care about leadership roles. I just want to like clock in and do what I need to do and work in my purpose. I have some friends that are like that. Like I have no desire to be a manager uh, or a supervisor or what VP or whatever the next level is for them. They're like, this is what makes me happy. Um, I don't want to be brought into the admin place. I just want to be here because this is where my joy is. And I love that for them. And them continue to do their own personal work is what's helping them have that realization. It's what's helping them be able to walk into these places knowing who they are um, and feeling confident in it and dealing with all the ups and downs that come with um, that come with whatever their profession is. The other thing, um, and I think I'm only going to do two this episode because I don't want this episode to be very long. Um, no, I'm going to do three. I'm going to do three. I'm going to try to get this under 50 minutes. Wish me luck, y'all. <laughs> um, Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. 
With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. The second thing that I have learned by coaching um, all these women and building Black Girls Heal and being a therapist before is that it is so important for you to focus on people who are ready and not the people who are not ready. I have wasted a lot of time and energy and I have confused myself. Any time that I have tried to help people who were committed to being stuck, anytime I've tried to um, make an episode that in my mind was dedicated solely to the people who didn't want to change, anytime that I tried to take on a client. Uh, when I was doing therapy, either pro bono or stretch my hours to to be extra available for them because I was like, maybe it really is about access and it's not about people who are looking for excuses. Anytime I cross my own boundaries to whether or not it was physically or whether or not it was mentally or emotionally, me carrying the emotional load for somebody else, That has always only caused confusion, stress, anger, resentment, resentment, sadness, and insecurity. Because I was, again, still taking ownership of like, maybe this isn't working because there's something more I could be doing. Versus someone's readiness is their responsibility, not mine. It is my responsibility to provide tools, to provide the access, to provide the expertise, to provide the support and accountability if they choose to move forward. But trying to strong arm somebody into making change into their life, that's not my, that's not, that's not on me. That's not my jam. Um, And when people are committed to misery, they will find a way to go back to it. It's where they're comfortable, right? It is what's familiar to them. And whenever I've tried to downgrade my message or downgrade what I do to meet people who aren't ready, it affects everybody. Like everybody can't move forward because I'm trying to focus on this one person who's going to run away because they're still dealing with their own demons that they're not ready to fight. I am a demon hunter. I love helping people chase down their their demons. I love helping people through the darkness and helping them find the light. But when you're working with people or when you're trying to work with people who are committed to the darkness, 
you'll be carrying around the flashlight and they're going to keep picking it up and tossing it on the ground. Or they're going to keep taking the candle and blowing out the fire, being like, we're so dark. I don't see it. What's going on? Like, girl, it's right here. (laughs) And y'all have heard me say a lot of empathy for where people are at that place is because one, you don't know what you don't know. Two, if you've tried to get your hopes up before only to have them dashed and you've tried to change only to have it not work out, of course, you're going to look for every single reason why it's not going to work out going forward. I get it. I've been that person. I have been the yes, but person. Um, or yes, but meaning, well, I could do that, but then this would happen. Or I've also been the when people would be giving me advice, yeah, I tried that, it didn't work. Even before they got the sentence out their mouth. Yeah, I did that, it didn't work. And I was committed to letting them know how hopeless my situation was. No matter what they told me, yeah, I get what you're about to say, but you don't get it. Or this is the worst it's ever been. And what did you know what time and healing and experience taught me? It's like, no. What happened has happened. What I believed has been what I believed. What other people have said to me, yeah, those are real things that happened, but I am not powerless. And, but it was easier for me, and it's also easier for people who were in this space to operate from a place of that powerlessness because of what has happened to them every time they try to step out of it. And so I can have empathy for that. But what I have learned is that over the years is that I need to speak to people who are ready because that actually helps people who are not ready. People who listen to this podcast or people who, whatever, I'll just, I'll just stay with this podcast instead of trying to think of another example for, for this part. People who listen to this podcast who are like, this is nice to listen to, like this is inspirational, but I really don't feel hope that anything could change. Me constantly telling you what is possible helps give you a North Star so that if or when you reach a place where you are ready to make a real lasting change, you know it's possible because I've been in your ear. Because you have heard and seen that there is an alternative behavior, that I don't always have to be in relationships with people who undervalue me, who don't love me, who don't like me. That struggle love does not have to be normalized, which by the way, you know, we talk about struggle love looking like um, someone who's cheating on you all the time and you stay with them and, you know, there's, you know, some extreme traumas that happen, like maybe hopelessness and some other things. But struggle love comes in very mild forms as well. It comes in the very casual ways that we can be ignored and disregarded and dismissed by partners. It comes in a very mild-mannered ways that we can be overlooked, um, left to provide for ourselves, even if there's somebody in the home, um, in the ways that we can just feel like strangers to our partner and that we're being tolerated and self-loved. Like struggle left does not have to look like someone beating you upside the head um, or doing some really egregious things to you. Uh, and What me speaking to people who are ready for that change does is it helps you know, okay, these are the steps that I can take when I'm ready. When I'm ready to actually get some help instead of trying to do this by myself, I can reach out to Sheena. I can 
you know, do one of the smaller programs if I'm not ready for the recovery school yet. Or I can go straight in because I want all the smoke. I want all the change. And that's what helps. So for those of you... A part of my life as a therapist was doing agency work. And agency work, is for those of you who aren't familiar with that, whenever someone says agency work, usually that means that they work in a nonprofit um, organization or a government-funded organization that helps people who are in extreme need, whether or not it's poverty, some type of transition, some type of systemic oppression. I've worked in a few places like that. I've worked in homeless shelters. I've worked in immigration centers. I have worked in rehabilitation centers. So I have worked, at, of course, I've worked in a school system, which is not an agency. But um, when I first started my career, I was doing like pro bono um I wasn't being paid, so it's internships, but I would do uh, therapy at places where there was like sliding scale. And what I noticed was the drastic change between people was not even how much money they had, but their readiness. I think about being in the homeless shelter at one point, and I remember I had several sets of clients but I'm thinking about two and I remember there was this one woman who was there with I want to say she had three kids and one of them was a toddler and they stayed in this one bedroom room at the shelter and I would come in and I would do therapy and then there was another woman who had two children and they also shared do they have a slightly bigger room I don't think they did but they also were at the shelter too and I remember all the resources that we poured into those two people and how the energy around the one with the three kids, and it, I don't think it had anything to do with how many, well, maybe it did, but the energy that the one with three kids had around making sure that this shit didn't happen again, the way that she ran with it and took it forward and got all the resources and got in and got out, and the way the other one, because of the amount of trauma that she had gone through, sexual abuse, um, I think she had just left a domestic violence relationship. The other one had as well, but this one um, was still reeling with the effects of it. She wasn't ready for that change. And so she had some, she had to learn how to build hope and optimism again. Because in her world, this is how life was. Well, left this relationship. Um, so I'm at the homeless shelter for a little bit. And she really didn't have any plans for what to look towards. When you would ask her, what is it that you want? She didn't have an idea. Um, I want to be happy. I want to get my kids in school. I want to do this. So some very general things. But she didn't really know what her vision was. And the other one who had a vision, who had a plan, who knew what she was looking towards, that, that is where she moved to. And so... For those of you who are people who have hearts to help people who are really struggling, I'm pausing here because I really, I want you to know that you can only bring people as far as they want to go, as far as they're, what they're ready for. Because hope is a lot scarier than 
resentment, fear, anger, because those feelings tell you that it's everybody else's fault and you can stand, it's easier for you to stand up there. But hope is vulnerable. Hope is exposing. Hope is I'm going to step out into something that I don't, I can't control and I don't know if it's going to backfire on me again. And that's where your people are right now. And in in the mastermind, we're not going to talk as much. We will talk about this, but we're going to talk more about it in the certification program. So I'm going to do the mastermind, but then also for those who actually want to learn how I treat love of addiction and love avoidance and how I incorporate trauma and how I incorporate um, em- empathy and unconditional warmth while also moving people forward for coaches and therapists. We're going to do that this summer. But what we will focus on when it comes to the boundaries of this is how do I show up for people who are in what's called the pre-contemplation stage of change? People who are like, I, you know, change might be good. It might be nice, but I'm not quite ready for it. How do I not be harsh with them? How do I not unintentionally injure them and my hopes of motivating them. I have met so many people, especially in the realm of love addiction, who have gone to therapists or healers who have seen them come back to the same types of relationships, repeat the same problems, um, you know, make the same mistakes over and over again. And the way that they try to motivate their client to move forward is the tough love approach is by shaming them, by doing the, now we talked about this, y'all have heard me use this example before, um, threatening them, um, being the disapproving mother and scolding them. And if that is not a direct representation of our trauma showing up in our work with people, usually the people who try to use that are the people where that's where your parents motivated you as well. They withdrew warmth and affection and acceptance from you and efforts of trying to get you to move forward. They took away love to try to get you to do what they thought you should do. And maybe it worked. But when we're talking about healing and making people know and believe in themselves, we're not just trying to get them to take an action. We're not just trying to get them to change their diet. We're not just trying to get them to come to church more. We're not just trying to get them to change their, to say affirmations every day. We're trying to get them to be at a place where they know and they see and they want and they believe that they're worth everything that they're paying us and putting money and putting energy and time into their time with us to get. We want them to be able to carry all of this self-belief and love wherever they go. And we can't, try to use this shortcut of criticism and shame and tough love to get people to go forward at the sake of them now having an insecurity. So now when they, when they have the opportunity to make this mistake again, what's going to be in their head? Are they going to have the memory of how they chose themselves and how good that felt and how freeing that felt? Or are they going to have your voice and your mind scolding them? Um, your words in the back of their head, saying, here you go again, and just being a burden and being a fool and, oh, I don't want to be a fool anymore, you know, versus 
there's such a difference between, oh, I don't want to be a fool anymore, to I'm a queen and I deserve better. We want our people to, to feel their queendom. We want them to feel their kingdom. We want them to feel, I don't know the non-binary term for royalty, but we want them to feel their regalness and whatever, wherever they are. And that's what we want to speak to. And so when it comes to the boundaries, it's about how do I control and speak to where I want each person to go to and how do I learn how to motivate them wherever they are and not overwork myself, right? To bring that all together. That sometimes, sometimes it's not about giving more access, it's about speaking them to where they are so that when they are ready to move forward, they can take that next step with you or take that next step with somebody else if they choose to work someplace else or if you refer them out or something like that, okay? I hope that made sense. I hope that all came together well. Um, and then here we go. I'm 42 minutes into recording this. And so when we put in the intro and the outro, uh, it's, it's going to be longer than that. So let's go ahead. The third thing that I've learned when it comes to coaching women and helping women and coaching people, I should say, because um, I've coached people and therapized people um, of all genders over the years, is get people to help you. Get people to help you. You can't do it all yourself. And I think help is going to look different and the amount of help is going to look different for everybody. And it's going to look different for everybody, not only based on what you currently do, but also um, your ability to receive. The last episode that I posted was about the art of receiving. And I can't remember if I talked about this in this version, but my container that I've had that has been receptive to help has grown over time. If you asked me a couple of years ago, if I asked for help, I would have said, yeah, of course I'm asking for help. When I look at what I thought help was years ago, I was like, girl, you was doing everything by yourself and, and then calling it help. And then when I look at myself last year, right, composed compared to now, and even now, I know that I have more ways that I can expand and delegate and help. But um, the truth is, you getting help is necessary for everyone, for every single person, small business, big business, whether or not you don't have a business at all and you work for somebody else, right? We all need to be able to ask for help and receive help from other people. One way that I recently have finally been able to kind of cross whatever that mental block in my head was um, that I didn't real I knew it was a block, but I couldn't get over it was that I had to be the one to show up everywhere. Um, I've had people for years say, hey, Sheena, you should teach what you do to other people. Um, you should expand this. And I was like, that's great, but I don't know how to do that. And I don't know where to start. And I don't have time. And part of the reason I didn't have time is because I wasn't getting help from people. (laughs) And I was trying to do everything. And then the other way is I was so set on what that looks like and feeling like I had to do everything and I had to be the only voice there. In the recovery school, I've been so blessed, recovery school being my um, coaching program for everybody. So healing mastermind, healer masterminds the business program that we're launching for the first round. 
and the recovery school is the one I've been talking about for years, right? And I have been blessed to see some amazing healers rise up who are not even healers by trade. One of those healers um, is Shandala. Shout out to Shandala, um, who is one of our healing mentors. She graduated from the coaching program. Oh, she's actually on one of the podcast episodes and she talked about her experience. And she has been such a light in the program. She has um, poured into women. She has shared her life and her experience. She's talked about how the program has helped her and even pointed people to some things that were helpful for her. And she was like a co-junior coach in so many ways, even though she wasn't an official coach. And so now she is one of our community moderators and a healing mentor within the program. And that has totally freed me to not have to be like stuck to my notifications every second and um, dealing with shame about, oh, I'm not so available and just know, just sharing that load. And even though Shandala is the only, um, the first official one, there have been so many women over the years between Rolanda to, to Tara to Kristen to um, uh, Ariel to April to um, Kish. Shout out Kish. You probably like me. Yes, you girl. Like, <laughs> and I know I'm forgetting names to Latoya to, oh my God, there's been hundreds over the years. So like, I feel like if I'm not saying your name, please, please don't be like, what about me? Stacy, Lord, like there are so many beautiful souls and um, who have been available and present to help, but I wasn't at a place to where I was ready to receive it. And I felt like I had to do it all on my own. And I feel like there are many of us, no matter what place you are at, that the automatic, I got it, comes so quick. Whether or not, let's even take it outside of like work and business, you're at home and your kids or your partner is like, hey baby, you want some help with that? And you're like, no, I got it. It's quicker if I do it. Why do you have to do it? Can't, can't, they may not do it the way that you would do it, but it'll take it off your plate. And yeah, it might not be completely straight that you want it to be, but it will free you to be able to go and rest, to do nothing for a little bit, to take a bath, right? Um, to learn how to move out of having to hold the world on your shoulders. And I think, I think that superhuman, superwoman mentality is really great for ambition, but we don't know how to turn it off. And when we don't know how to turn it off, it robs us from being able to be available not only to other people, but to ourselves, to fun, to pleasure, to resting, to relaxation, and also the fact that things can be easier, that it doesn't always have to be a struggle. So um, I've learned that it's really important for me to ask for help so that I can be free to, to do podcast episodes, so that I can be free to do my group coaching calls so that I can be free to be able to be present in the community so that I can be free to start going live more often and teaching online um, and getting help from other people is so necessary. So, and that's just in my, in my world, right? Whatever that means for your world, what are the things that you are not able to do because you do not, you're not asking for help or when people offer it, you automatically say no. 
even your friends. How many of y'all have friends who have recently texted you saying, hey girl, do you need anything? Or you were going through something, can I bring you some food? Um, do you need a ride or anything? Um, I know you got that big presentation come up, coming up. How can I support you? And your automatic response is, oh, everything's fine, girl. Not realizing that this is actually a bid for, let me, let me love you, let me help you. So I hope that that was helpful. I feel like I probably said some things that I said in the previous podcast episode, but that was two weeks ago. And I didn't look at the notes and it doesn't hurt to hear these things again in case there was some overlap. Um, But I hope this helped whoever needed to hear it. Whether you are in the healing profession or not, there were a lot of really important things regarding boundaries, regarding not taking ownership of other people and what they need and what where they are and the importance of doing your own work. So. That is it for today's episode. For those of you who are like, I really want this healer mastermind. I think it'd be really great for me, whether or not you currently have a business, you want to have a business, or you work for other people, but the concepts that you're listening, you're like, I want this. I want this for myself. And that's why I'm so excited about this. I did not want to just create a business program. I wanted to create a healing experience that was going to help people in all areas, in addition to helping them build their messaging, build or add on to what they already have. Um, So I'm so excited about it. But uh, you can join us by going to blackgirlsheal.org slash mastermind. Right now, the waitlist is what is up there. So you can enter your email address to be notified when it opens. It's going to open on December 7th, my birthday. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, <laughs> it's gonna open on my birthday, um, and for the month of December, there will be an extended um, payment plan option, and then, uh, well, from now through um, the end of December, we'll have a, a extended payment plan option for those who enroll, um, and then we start the first week of January. Yes, we start the first week of January. So, um, but you can go to blackgirlshill.org slash mastermind to either add your name on the list or sign up. And then we will be a rocking and rolling uh, January through March. So I'm really excited about this. It'll be a 12-week program. Um, we will have community. We will have live calls where I'll be teaching you the lessons live in addition to your homework assignments on the side. Um, We'll have, like I said, community where y'all can build connections between each other, depending on the women who join or the people who join. So this program will be open to all. So no matter what your gender is, um, it will be open to all. Um, Do note that this is called the Heal Her um, Mastermind. Um, I will be talking and speaking um, through language targeting women who are healers. So just be aware of that before moving forward. But what I was saying is depending on the the women who join and the healers that join or just the disciplines that join, because I was thinking there might even be some people who aren't even in the healing professions that want to join. We can build some affiliate groups or some uh, disciplinary groups so that y'all can build your own sub-communities within our bigger community. So I think that'd be really cool just to see who joins to see if there's enough people for each of those subgroups. But that is what we got right now, y'all. 
So yeah, would love, love, love to have you. Again, you can go to blackgirlsheal.org slash mastermind and let's get started with this new year and building our best self while helping other people be their best selves as well. So that's it for now. I'm sending you all so much love as always. Happy holidays. Yay. (laughs) And I will see you in the next one. Take care, y'all.